1: Welcome to Going Off Track. Well, that was divine. Hello. Thank you. Hello, and, and salutations.
2: Yes. yes. I'm glad to be here.
1: <laughs> uh, this is Brad. Hi. This is Steven. Hello. He's gesturing to us. <laughs> My name is Jonah. <gasps> and today on the podcast, we have our close friend, Jim Carroll, who you may know from Hope Conspiracy, Pure Love, Clouds. Um, he has played with Piebald. He has played with Oh uh, Suicide File. Jim has been in so many bands. My band United Nations. More bands than I can even count. I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch.
3: And when you meet him, you, he has luscious, luscious hair.
1: Yes, they call him Handsome Jim Carroll for a reason. Amazing locks. Someone posted a photo of Pure Love, the Pure Love show at Vitus, and uh, I hashtagged his conditioner core because nice. his hair was just sh- so shiny and just a. Uh, it's got a lot of bounce to it.
3: Yeah. He takes good care of it.
1: Yeah, he does not like me use the conditioner shampoo combo. I bet you he conditions separately. You know, that stuff will eat away at your scalp I know. after a while. But don't you think that like they should have figured that out by now? Like really, I gotta rinse again. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Rinse and repeat.
3: That's just that's just sneaky when it's like shampoo and conditioner together. No, no, those are two separate things.
1: Yeah. You know? I'm a sucker for two things. Like I, I'll, I I'll like I used to buy like the peanut butter jelly swirl in the car. because <laughs> I'm just like, oh, it's, e- it's just easier. And then I'm like, wait, it's twice as expensive, and it's just like sugar. <laughs> so
3: it, I don't know. So like my roommate in college, he would shop for groceries based on the packaging, and I was like, what? That's like four dollars more. And he's like, yeah, but there's a car on Dude, the box.
1: I-, I had a moment last night where I was like, on the way home from Vitis, I saw my friend J Snake play, who was awesome. Jim Carroll was there. And uh, I was going to buy ramen at like one in the morning just because I was. And I went and they only had like the kind of fancier Japanese ramen that was a dollar fifty instead of 50 cents. And literally my thought was, I'm going to splurge and treat myself tonight. <laughs> I'm going to spend that extra dollar and eat ramen alone and watch the Nicolas Cage movie Stolen. And uh, here's my summary of that movie. Uh, I ate the ramen and then they're robbing a bank and then I wake up like four hours later <laughs> And, like, I'm on the couch and, like, there's, like, stuff stuck in my beard. Like, I drooled into it so it's, like, hard and crusty. And I'm just like, yep, I guess I'm going to just go to bed now and, like, forget this ever happened.
3: For Brad and I (laughs) and the rest of you out there who are married, do you miss that? (laughs) Yes, there's there's part of you that does. There's part Uh, of you that does, but there's
1: part of you that maybe idealizes what (laughs) that would have been like. And I'm, like, the reality check that's, like, it's not that great.
3: No, but see, then you have kids, and they wake up
1: with drool and food on their face, and you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess the moral of this story is, it's a good thing I don't have kids because <laughs> I apparently act like one of yours. <laughs> oh please,
3: please! Uh, I had never met Jim Carroll to this podcast, and he couldn't have been cooler.
1: Yeah, Jim's great. Um, he's my yoga buddy, and uh, I met met him like five years ago on Tour Thursday, and yeah, he's an awesome guitar player, and um, yeah, I know that. Like we talk about, Pure Love is working on some more stuff. Um, so, I'm sure this is not the last you will hear from Mr. Jim Carroll. going
3: off track! Shut up and eat the octopus that has perished in front of you. Stop crying. <laughs> you stop crying, Dad. You stop crying first.
1: So, today I'm going off track. <laughs> oh, there's a guest here. Oh, there's a guest here. <laughs> today I'm going off track. Our guest is Jim Carroll. Hello. Who you may know from Pure Love. Hope Conspiracy, yeah. Clouds, uh, played in U.N. for a while. Yeah. Former,
0: what a, former bandmates. Former
1: bandmates. What what other bands? Probably way more. I don't know. The list can go on and on. Yeah, do it. Let's hear some more. This is my favorite uh, thing is, is that Jonah super? does where he hurls out a band
3: that even the person we're talking to goes, Oh, wow.
0: Wow. Uh, I had a, a run in Piebald for a little while. Oh, that's right. Uh, my first band, The A-Team, uh, Suicide File, I don't did you say that? No. Um, yeah, I don't know. Every Boston hardcore band in, like, two 2000 to 2003. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, yeah.
0: A little bit. But, uh, yeah, I think that covers it.
3: Um, and <laughs> you and
1: Jim are yoga buddies mm-hmm. with, and we were taught by former Going Off Track guest, Ralph Craig. What?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All goes back to yeah. bendy things. Yeah, Jonah didn't show up this morning.
1: I didn't show up this morning. I uh, <laughs> I haven't really been partying very much. And last night, I don't know what happened, but something happened. When
3: he doesn't show up, <laughs> does Ralph go? Jonah? Wuss? <laughs> Probably.
0: He did reference you. Warrior and-
3: <laughs> <you> One, everybody.
0: <laughs> he did uh, make a mention of you today. Oh yeah? Someone was. I think defeating themselves in a in a pose, and they were like, "Don't be like Jonah."
1: <laughs> cool.
0: <laughs> so you can bring that up to him. Yeah, tomorrow.
3: I will. I will. And now you have a career of doing audio books because you have like super mellifluous voice, man.
0: Yeah, it's All very right. soothing. It's very hey.
3: soothing. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, sound, you sound like a, you sound like a nighttime DJ.
0: Hey, that I, I'm. I'm up for that welcome uh, to welcome to mid-nitro with jim carroll <laughs> we're taking callers. so what yeah <laughs> what was your inspiration for the basketball diaries uh you know just heroin
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh me and jim were on tour tell them about that i don't want to tell the story you're the guest but when we were with thursday and when jim carroll died it was
0: it i think it was right before it was, we okay. went on. it was like i had just moved to new york And uh, my roommate at the time, Lucas, who I think you guys just had Mm -hmm. on, yes, um, he was like this girl that we're mutual friends with. uh, She was, you know, who I I don't talk to like very often. She was like calling my phone. I was like, I don't want to answer this. So, you know, just kind of put it to the side. And then she just started texting Lucas like multiple times. And he like he didn't look at it right away. But when he finally picked up his phone, he just like. His jaw dropped. I was like, "What?" And he showed me his phone. She was just like, "I heard that Jim died. Can can you call me? Like, I'm. I don't know. I." And she was like freaking out. She saw it on she,
1: CNN, right?
0: No, I think she saw it on Twitter. Like oh, Jim okay. Carroll, rip. And she didn't bother to like look into it at all, and she was just like immediately jumped to that. Where like, oh, you're dead. <laughs> so she we just like oh the internet yeah so we let it go on for like i don't know an hour and then finally like i think she called him and he was like no it's cool he's sitting right next to me it's all right and she but she was like in tear like she left a voicemail on his phone she was like i heard that jim died can you call me back and we were like
3: oh god and that's how long has that been your outgoing message uh, it was on
0: his phone,
1: so maybe
0: maybe he still
3: has it. No knowing Lucas
1: he still has it. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, well, I'm glad you're alive. Yeah, me too. Uh, glad to be alive. And let's talk about your band. You're okay. a band called Pure Love. Sure, with Frank from Gallows. Yes, and formerly, formerly of Gallows, excuse me. <laughs> and what is the status of the band now? Uh,
0: functional, <laughs> I, somewhat. Um, we're, at the moment we are trying, we're about to start the process of recording our next record, which our first record just came out in February and we, our, our label ceased to exist a month later because of major label mergers. And so we didn't have a label a month after our record came out. So it kind of, you know, we kind of just gave up on it and realized the best thing to do is to just like go into the process of writing a new record right away so that's supposed to be what we're doing right now but uh it just kind of at the moment it's a little bit of a uninspiring time so it's been like pulling teeth trying to write songs well it's frustrating when you were building up to something
3: and you got lost in the shuffle to it was not your fault yeah exactly
0: it was i mean it's not like it was unexpected it just like stuff like that happened which label was it it was vertigo okay so it was like and they were under under mercury universal okay that so i i don't even know if mercury exists anymore but yeah i don't know just every all like the any of like the lower level bands just gone so i again
3: and i haven't said this in a long time i want a new story yeah, <laughs> like I want to hear a new story yeah, from a band and be like,
1: "All the time, what
3: man. happened to your band? Oh, it was amazing. We went to our A and R guy and we each shat in his mouth. Yeah. yeah, and then they dropped us and like, oh, well that that's a great. I mean, that's horrible, but <laughs> okay, that's how you get out of your deal. No, what happened? No, we got lost in the fucking shuffle
0: again. Yeah, and well, it's yeah, ugh. I mean that it was it was like an ongoing thing because we we got signed about a year before that and. Just as we were finishing recording our the record, uh the guys that signed us got fired, so that was like the beginning of the issues so
3: I've unfortunately been that through that in television many many times yeah it's the same shit everywhere, yeah <sighs> it's, it's terrible no I remember when pure love was because it was it was um I don't want to say scandalous, but it was just like all of a sudden frank's leaving new band forming yeah gallows is going to go on so were you like how did you know frank from the inception did you form the band did you guys do something together
1: we
0: uh initially we had met like 2006 like mild band the suicide file we did uh like a european tour like a reunion tour and uh we played with gallows and we like met briefly like you know you play with a lot of like shitty bands when you go to the uk and europe so they were like you know, they were they stood out as like a bet, the one of the better bands that we played with. So we met briefly then, and then uh, we were both. You know, we both moved here to New York around the same time. And he actually got in touch with Lucas about starting a band that sounded like the Hope Conspiracy. So Lucas was like, "Oh, do you want to be in the band since you were in the Hope Conspiracy?" <laughs> Where would you and, move here from? Ah, uh, from Boston. Okay,
2: yeah,
0: um, born and raised there. Uh, from Worcester originally. Mm. Woohoo! Worcester.
2: Mm. I grew up in Central Mass. I know all about Worcester.
0: Yeah. Where are you from? Worcester,
2: Springfield. Yeah. Uh, there, I went to high school in Sturbridge.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you guys going to fight? Is- no? I have a fam- uh, family that lives in
2: <laughs> I mean, in it's Sturbridge. like Worcester and Central Mass are like, they might as well be two different states.
0: Really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's where I would go, like, you know, to go to the movies and. Later to when you weren't hanging out at sure. Old
0: Sturbridge
1: Village, yeah, I almost went to that, <laughs> that college, Clark. Is oh yeah. that up there. Yeah, that's where. And I my remember I was going to gonna go visit it, and someone was like, "Dude, gang members kill a college <laughs> student every semester as their initiation." <laughs> and being like seventeen or whatever, I believed it, and I was like, "I'm, I'm scared. I'm going to get killed. I'm not going to this college." Well, and that it, was what I based my decision on.
0: Yeah, I mean it. It is in like it's. Downtown Worcester, like, not the best part, but it's kind of its own little community. Like, I don't think anyone really leaves the campus or else they get killed by gang members. (laughs) You better not cross the street. Mm, Going to
2: class.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There is, there's like a pond across the street and they, I know that some people refer to it as dead hooker pond. (laughs) Because they said that they used to dump dead hookers in the pond. I'm pretty sure you can call any pond "dead hooker <laughs> pond."
1: Yeah, can we please call this podcast "dead hooker pond"?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crap. We
3: might have to. Mm-hmm. I think we have to. <laughs> Unless that's going to be another band you're doing, because you have a lot of band names.
0: It seems. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Too many. What, what was your um, reason for moving to New York? Just to change of pace, or?
0: Yeah. I mean, I I'd wanted to to move down here for a long time, and I kind of like. I lived in Boston for almost nine years, and it was just time- you know you can only live in that city for so long because it's such a such a college town, and once you reach like twenty five you start to feel like an old man because it's like the same recycled like age group over and over again, and they all they do is like get drunk and like yell at you on the street, so it gets a little tiring and so i was just it got to a point where it was like the band I was in there was just kind of i i didn't feel like it was gonna do much more so i was like all right i gotta it's time to take the the leap which it was good it was an easy
1: transition and
0: a good time to to make the move
1: and HopeCon is still sort of an active band yeah
0: okay i mean technically like everyone lives spread out like everyone you know a few people in california both north and south and then people on the east coast and yeah we haven't done anything since 2009 i think we did a world tour we in like two weeks
1: we we played with you guys was that 2009
0: uh yeah because wow, it was that, was that
1: long ago was yeah like the cake shop or something yeah yeah
0: because it was i think that was like the first winter that i was here okay um yeah but that was like the the midpoint of the tour yeah so, when when did you get drafted into the UN? Which I'm expecting by the way. It was it was right, like around around that time. I think uh, that the Thursday Christmas show that happened uh, that year was like the first show that I played and then I only I think I only played like four or five shows. There's
1: only I think been like 15 shows for yeah. the last 5 years, <laughs> so you've played probably like 30% of them. Yeah. But it was fun. Yeah, that was fun. It was a good time. Um yeah. That was a scary show cuz me and Jim were like basically on top of each other and there's like a lot of hair and headstocks flying around yeah. and I was I was like, "Oh man."
0: Yeah. Whenever I played cake shop, I get they have those string lights that are on the ceiling mm-hmm. and like being kind of a tall guy like with long hair, it just kind of if I whip my hair forward, it just get it was getting stuck in the in the lights, I actually—I think at that show I actually shorted out some of the lights because my hair was just like. Oh. But that's, that's hilarious excited. and frightening. Yeah,
3: <laughs> just be a, like, oh, I bet that hurt. Oh, he's on a
0: fire. <laughs> was that intentional?
3: No, <laughs> crap.
0: Yeah, It would Damn. be a good, uh, you know, make up some some uh, pyrotechnics at a small show. Yeah, why not? Like a what? Like a what was that band? Great, Great White. White. There you go. <laughs> That's it.
3: Uh, this is,
1: like, the most offensive podcast I think <laughs> we've done, like, totally not on purpose. Killing octopuses, Dead Hooker Pond and Rhode Island. Uh, yeah, it's 16 minutes in, time for a great white joke. Rhode Island
3: Club Fire. <coughs> Comedy is tragedy plus time. <laughs>
0: that will never... Yeah, God. I don't know. Was a, I heard it was a really well-done show. Yeah!
3: <laughs> I don't know if this horse Jonas. is dead yet.
2: Jonas. <laughs> Got some competition in the room. I know, dude, man. Yeah. I know. It's <laughs> step it true. up, dude. I guess I guess, really the, I really guess that's part of the
3: initiation process of United Nations. Like, okay, so you can play.
0: Can you <laughs> pun? <laughs> <laughs> was that the podcast with Lucas? Just all puns? There
1: are a lot of puns. You know what's funny is the dudes from Pianos we're playing with now weren't really pun masters such as ourselves. And just mm-hmm. from being around us so much, I posted some photo on Twitter and Chad from the band posted a pun and I was like yes like it made me so happy i was like i've converted more people into like using 20 percent of their brain thinking of what rhymes with this word instead of like paying attention to what the other person's saying to you
3: you got guys- <laughs> cool
0: united nations put the un in pun <laughs> it's yeah. always good to have a conversation with someone and like while you can while you're talking to them you can just see their brain trying to think of puns like dude just I- like not really paying attention. you described
1: every podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I have to consciously be like, stop doing this. Because it's like my default mode. <laughs> but when it comes out it. timely,
3: it is glorious. Yeah, it glorious. is. Glorious. <laughs> so the, with Pure Love, so the, that record, uh, that's such a drag. But when when everything happened with Frank leaving Gallows, did you feel like there was, I don't know, backlash? Or uh, did, you, did you feel swept up in it? Or was it just not really. a little it more was civil? Like,
0: yeah, it was pretty... I mean, we had, we had like been doing, working on the band for like a year before that. So he was like still doing tours and he told him, I think like it was just something that they both saw coming. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know, he just wanted to do something new. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty, I mean, I think it was pretty civil, like for as much, as much as that can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it wasn't too bad for us, like. I think people were just excited to see what he was going to do next and mm. we kind of like kept it mysterious for a while and yeah it we never really had to there there was the occasional like oh this band is no gallows but it's mm. like yeah it's exactly not, it's, it's the not point a
1: hardcore band. <laughs> <laughs> Um so who's in the live band it's with Jared from Paint Black
0: Yeah he he's been playing uh playing drums for us uh which has been great he's an amazing drummer. And then, uh, we've had a few, a few different people, uh, a couple different people play bass. This guy, Joel, there was, uh, from New Zealand who was living here. He was playing bass for a while and then he moved back to New Zealand. So now we have a guy named James Leach playing, uh, playing with us. who's from, from the UK and then, uh, Mitch Michener playing keys and guitar. So, and we've, pretty much we've only played in the in
1: uk and europe so it's
0: it seems like you've played there
1: a lot though yeah <laughs> too, too it's much. so fun like every week like i'd be it's a uh, run to gym at yoga but like, you want to hang out he'd be like i'm going to the uk for two days for some <laughs> awards ceremony or something i'm like oh, okay yeah like, every week i felt like
0: yeah it's been we've been going there a lot and like we we both live here so it's like it's kind of frustrating to so the record came out okay in, in Europe yeah it came out over there uh and they like put it out digitally everywhere like they kind of just like half ass like threw it up you know everywhere like oh it's on available on iTunes and and you know and then a month later we didn't have a label so um but yeah I mean it's, it's out it just I, if you don't live in the UK or Europe you don't really know anything about it so so we'll see it. We're supposed to. We're fingers crossed. We're playing our first show here at the end of July. So you know, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But, yeah, should be
1: interesting. Who produced the record?
0: Uh, Gil Norton.
1: Oh, right on. That's yeah. what I thought. What was he? So he did what? The Pixies. And...
0: Pixies, Foo
3: Fighters. Uh, he did Echo. Foo Fighters because they like the Pixies record. So yeah, much. exactly. He's Sir Feroza, right? Come on, Pilgrim. He did the first two. Uh, he did. I know he did
0: that. No, he's pretty Yeah, he did Surfer Rosa. He didn't do Doolittle. No, yeah, Doolittle was Albini, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Uh But yeah, he he's done a lot of good classic records. So, what was that like? It was it was awesome. Like we were, I he actually was when we went to go sign uh, to our label. He just kind of happened to be there. He was like in a meeting about something else. So he was there when we like actually signed our contract and like he like already our because our manager was friends with him so or is friends with him and he had he already had like notes of the demo for the demos that he had heard and uh we ended up like going out to dinner that night and like he was you know i you know ended up having like a few celebratory drinks and i was like hey man i love The Pixie's records.
3: (laughs) He's never heard that from a drunken musician. Ever. You were the first well played.
0: (laughs) But he, I mean, he was the sweetest guy, like, easiest to work with. Like, we were, we had heard that he was, like, a total ball buster. Yeah. You know, as far as, especially, like, rhythm sections Mm -hmm. go. And how we recorded the record, like, we, we had just been, like, working on the demos, me and Frank. Like, that was it. And... So we went into pre-production, two, like, two of the musicians that were playing with us, I, like, I hadn't even met, and then I knew Jared from The Hope Conspiracy, so mm-hmm. it was kind of like, we didn't know how it was going to, we were just in a studio in England, we didn't know how it was going to play out, but it ended up being really good, and uh, surprised, he was like, you know, he definitely made us work, but it wasn't like, I, I pictured it being a lot worse. But he was great to work with. He was, like, like he knew exactly what we wanted to do. He was, like, he he had a good idea of, like, what record we wanted to make. So he just kind of helped us with that a whole lot. And, uh, yeah, it was great. It was a really good experience. That's cool, but then,
3: because I'm a half-empty kind of guy. Yeah. The first thought is, <laughs> so you're on a label, you get fucking Gil Norton to produce it, oh, and then the label goes under and nobody yeah. hears it. Like, yeah. For fuck's sake. Yeah. Ugh.
0: Yeah, I mean you know, it's, it's not, we, we've definitely come out better than a lot of bands. Like the label put a bunch of money into it. We didn't have to pay it back. They like helped us make, you know, they gave us enough money to make four videos. They established us as a band. Like we have a solid, a really good following in the UK. So that's like, you know, they got us to a point where we weren't at A year ago so you have to kind of do you get to keep your masters when it went under no (sighs) so there was yeah i mean there was talk of like trying to buy it back but we really don't have any money at the moment so do you
1: still still have those guns from the video
0: no but Uh,
1: well because you could storm that they have this video uh (laughs) what's what's it what song is it for
0: beach of diamonds
1: beach of diamonds and it's so crazy and it's him and frank just running around like with machine guns like shooting stuff and then they k- Frank kills Jim at the end and then Frank explodes that's yeah. rude you know what you should spoiler do? alert <laughs> a lot of people don't realize this
2: if you send them a notice that you want the record released like in a certain territory like Europe or something yeah and they don't do it within like whatever 90 days or yeah. then you can you have you can do it yourself
0: well they they technically that was in our contract that they were you know Supposed to, ha- we were supposed to have a worldwide re- release right. at a certain point, and they technically fulfilled that by like putting it on iTunes worldwide.
2: Oh, I didn't so, think about that.
3: Yeah, yeah. Sneaky fuckers. Mm. Yeah, we just uploaded it. Wait, what? We just There's uploaded. A lot of labels don't even do that. They'll <laughs> yeah. just
2: like they'll slack and not even put it on iTunes. Who don't yeah. realize
0: like how expensive masters are? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. But I mean, hopefully at a somewhere down the line we'll get it back. And, Why is that?
3: Like, it's not it's not metal tape that's really but what the fuck why is Master so
2: expensive he looks at Brad (laughs) you mean owning the Master yeah because they just they don't they don't want to sell it they want to keep it in the off chance that the band's going to go do something and then they have back catalog that's worth something they'll sit on it and not even release it yeah you know, it's it's, it's like, just, it's like this tiny little itsy bitsy chance for them, like D- lottery. D-
3: DC Comics, this is like the biggest dick move ever. So, everybody knows The Watchmen, the comic mm-hmm. The Watchmen, made it into a very bad movie. But the comic, when it came out, was just a miniseries. Um, it was just a year. And the characters they created, Alan Moore and um, uh, Dave Gibbons, who drew it, were going to get the rights back once they stopped. Once DC Comics and Warner Brothers stopped producing the the book, they made it into a graphic novel afterwards. I hate that term; it's a fucking comic book. <laughs> um, so they, you know, it, uh, collected it as a trade paperback, and it blew up even more as a cult favorite. It's like the comic that people give to people who don't read comics. Like, yeah. read this; the Watchmen's great. So they still do it, and they still generate revenue every year. So they've these guys have never gotten the rights that they were promised because it's still generating revenue. Wow. I didn't know that. And yeah.
1: Alan Moore, didn't, he didn't want to do the movie. He didn't want to so do how anything. So did they do it if, without... He,
3: no, they, st- he st- they still get a piece of... They still get a little bit. He said, do whatever you want. Give all the money to Dave, the artist. Because he had... His whole thing is I'll write a comic and then if you want to make it into a movie. If I wanted to be a filmmaker, I would have done that. I do comics. That's what I like. So... When you take into to a movie, you can pay me lots of money and then you can destroy it, which they often do, Yeah, you know, for yeah. his stuff. And he's like, and I'll just take the money and fuck off. But then he got so pissed at the um, Wachowski brothers, Wachowski brothers for V for Vendetta because they just wrote, oh, Alan approved our script. And he was like, fuck you and <laughs> fuck Warner Brothers. And he left mm. the entire company. Oh, wow. I actually so,
2: read that. I remember reading that. Yeah. that he, he approved it. It's
3: like, I never said that shit. That's fuck true. off. And and it's actually the movie's not bad, and it's pretty specific to exactly what the comic is. So yeah. Like. yeah, But he's kind of a a mushroom taking freak show who now just <laughs> writes comic <laughs> porn that's not even good. I feel confident saying that because I've read everything he's ever fucking. So I'm like
1: thinking about Natalie Portman now. I can't shit. <laughs> I thought yeah. all comic porn was good.
3: It's weird, though, when you're like, porn is fine and exploitive enough, but then you think, comic porn? Like, you drew that hair.
1: Like, you I took f- time. I feel also people that are into that stuff, you're like, this seems like something psychologically weird might be happening. Oh, yeah. Like, is that <laughs> like what turns you on? Mm-hmm. Comic porn? Like, yeah, like cartoon, like naked cartoon characters? I don't yeah. know. That's like... Really? No, I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not saying for me. I'm saying... Go on.
2: <laughs> Jessica Rabbit?
1: I wonder what, like, I wonder how that happens. Like, you're watching cartoons as a kid, and you're like, "Oh man!" Like,
3: it's Wayne's World. Did you ever think Bugs Bunny in the dress was cute? That's it. That there it is. Boom. If you say yes, then there's your jam. <laughs> there and there's be... an entire room full of it. Upstairs <laughs> My five-year-old
2: just asked me literally three days ago, "Why does Bugs Bunny always dress up in a dress?" <laughs> That's a good question. I said, "Because it's fun sometimes to do things like that."
0: good answer that's a good answer
2: why does your little brother do it <laughs>
0: it's fun you know because rules. i make him
2: i put it on him
0: there were definitely some uh i used to work at a uh a store called Newbury comics in boston and uh there were we had like this like low low shelf of uh manga like or yeah that's what it's called manga like mm-hmm. the japanese like comic porn and uh we would, we would always have to keep an eye on that section because You're referring to Hen You're referring to <laughs> hentai. hentai. That's that is what I'm I'm referring to. Oh God, that world. Yeah. But we uh yeah, we had to keep a, a close eye on You know why that exists, section. right? Yes. I actually got it explained to me by a, a former coworker mm-hmm. and it was Oh God, it's like it fill there? everybody in, Jim. It's like it was correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. it's like there were so many regulations like post war that they mm-hmm. were there was just like you know japanese like society was just like they had so many strict regulations that they there was like all these things like they couldn't there was like no pornography mm-hmm. or so people started like drawing these comics and since they couldn't draw actual you know dicks dicks and whatnot they would draw like snakes or or uh, octopus limbs, mm-hmm. going back to octopus, yeah, octopi. That's right. So yeah, and I was, I asked this, this kid I worked with. I was like, "Why, why does this exist?" And he like gave me this whole. He rundown. was so excited still- to tell you. Yeah, he was. So, they- <laughs> so it's like the it
1: they comes really from just still like make it though. Oh they yeah, do. tentacle. Yeah. It's called
3: hentai, and
0: it's tentacle.
3: Porn. I have a tentacle hentai porn. T-shirt. It's a, it's a, it's a like a, it's a. The restroom symbol of a woman, but she's holding hands with a restroom symbol of an octopus.
1: I got you a weird comic book when I was in Tokyo. That's
3: it. You got me tentacle porn. Yeah. You bought hentai tied, even I, know I, it. I
1: remember going... There were so many of those stores, and it was like seven escalators yeah. and all this weird stuff on the wall. And I was like, I want to find the most weird, fucked up comic and get it for Steven. You succeeded. And the thing I got him, it was crazy. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's
3: tentacle porn.
0: Yeah, there would be some, some weird people purchasing those comics
3: isn't it funny how if <laughs> if you limit something or regulate it to a point there's a group of people going, Oh, we can work with that
1: <laughs> yeah well what's interesting was like the so when I was in Japan though like it was like kids, it was like women it was like it was like being at the airport, like yeah. it was the most normal people it's weird and then here it's such a fringe thing it's yeah. interesting, and it's almost better that way' it's <laughs> like it's like
3: in Japan you have this you know like weird traditional culture. And then you have this fucked up Tetsuo, the Iron Man subculture, but they're like, they're like not interchangeable, yeah. Or it's like, like tonight I'm gonna leave work. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna go down to the Rockabilly Bar and punch a dude in the face with a rope. All right. Well, can we see you tomorrow for breakfast? <laughs> sure, Grandma.
1: Like, boom. But, but it is it is interesting because yeah, like you'll walk down the street and it'll be all like businessmen, and then like one out of every thirty girls is dressed up like Little Bo Peep. <laughs> yeah. It's, then you're just like, so and no awesome. one gives it a second look. Yeah. Like even in New York, people would be like, "What? Yeah. Like,
2: yeah."
0: It's. I mean, I I give the. Japanese people credit, they can pull off things that, yeah, absolutely. that the, most people can't.
2: The, the, the most disturbing thing I ever saw, though, was I'm not going to go into detail.
0: Go yeah,
3: on. I'm, go into detail. But it was a Do Japanese
2: it. porn clip that was probably the most disgusting thing you could ever witness, and like sort of, it was a stunt. It had to be done in a bathtub, that's all oh, I'm going to say. Yeah,
1: but I know what you're talking about. They,
2: they, they, they <laughs> They, dude, this very, but you know what yeah. they
1: did? This is what they did.
2: They had to they had to blur out the the uh, the crotch hair
1: of yeah. the girl. Dude, huh. I can't even think about this. It's
2: so <laughs> <laughs> and that was it was the fact that they had to do that and that the act that was going on was so far beyond anything that you can imagine is I don't know, I can weird imagine and disturbing. Yeah, me too.
3: <laughs> I can imagine many, many things, but I
2: don't ever want to see it again. Like Jonah, think about it.
1: Yeah, I hadn't in years till you brought it up. <laughs> uh, it's cool. Welcome's it rushing down It's all yeah. Just... I'm so
3: thrilled that we're we're not going to mention it, and you know that there's <laughs> listeners out there going, "Oh, dude." There's-
1: People are googling. I'll tell it you, right people are now.
3: It.
1: Jim's so psyched! <laughs> this is his It will not be up on our website. Yeah, Jim, I'm so sorry. No, bro. no, this look at that. You we bring just, up
3: tentacle porn and comics. He's like, just I worked in Newbury, all,
1: all the bases. We're gonna have to put a warning <laughs> sticker on this podcast. Um, let's talk about. I wanted to talk about some of our favorite terminologies. Okay. Uh, t- as someone who's been in a lot of bands, I've yeah. learned so many through you and Adam. Like. Like the local band will be local, O's. local O's, yep. going out into the crowd will be like, "Oh, you going out into Gen Pop?" Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a great way. What of are some? It. What are some other ones that you, that you use? Oh God,
0: I don't know. There's, there's so many. It's kind of <laughs> tough to just pull one. Does Pure
3: Love do that? Do you guys jump out in the crowd a
0: lot? We or? do. Yeah, yeah.
3: that's kind of. Is that like mostly Frank or would you? Were you? No, we, you do Yeah, we we're both out there. I think we spend more time. In the crowd than
0: we do on stage. I
3: watched Gallows play a show one time. They were all, except for the drummer, in the pit. Yeah. We even, we
0: take it a step further. We we get the drummer into the crowd. Good
3: for you. Yeah. Been, I, ba- I
0: think that's great. Yeah. Is it's, it- it's you know, it's definitely fun. It adds
1: like a little, you
0: kind of like treat the, the venue like a jungle gym. It's good.
1: Is it hard with your guitar? And like, uh, do you go out there with your, with your axe?
0: I do I do go out there with my axe. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd just be a guy standing there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have I have a wireless, and I just kind of so I have I have to run back on stage sometimes and hit some effects. But you know, right back out there, so it's good. It's luckily I've I've only I haven't had any like severe casualties, but I've definitely like clipped a few people. Some girl's hair got caught in my headstock. And there was like a big, after the show, there was just a big chunk. I had to like, she was like running around like, no, no, no. And I was like, you need to stand still. And I just went and separated the two. You're like, trust
3: me, I have long hair as well. It's cool. (laughs) Did you ever see that footage of Matt Bellamy from Muse like splitting his lip with the headstock? It's on YouTube. (sighs) What foul chord were you playing when that happened? (laughs) Uh, I can't remember. Man, It was too traumatic.
0: Um, I've, that's so really interesting also, that
3: you guys jump in the crowd. I really like that. It's do you think that's It's like when 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 punk, you know, everyone would jump on the stage and then it became a thing to jump on the stage. Yeah. And now it's like it seems you're kind
0: of making your own way. No, no, we'll come to you. Yeah. I mean, I think just because like being being a new band, like we kind of had to make people pay attention. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to be the easiest way to like win people over, and now it just kind of like, I I don't want it to I wouldn't want it to be become like a thing, like that we have to do. Right. But it's just kind of like at this point it's still still fun to do. So why not? And where did you win the lottery and all the good fucking band names?
3: Hope Conspiracy, <laughs> Suicide File, and Pure Love. It's like damn, yeah, hey. a good dartboard of verbs,
1: man, <laughs> and handsome Jim. I mean what yeah. what a great nickname. Yeah. I have never been close to having that nickname. <laughs> Han- no one's been like Handsome Jonah. Oh, please. oh come on. <laughs> come on now. Of course they have. Yeah. Um every band hates it when the crowd gets on stage, right? Uh I don't
0: I don't hate it. It you just need to like it's bad when people aren't aware of where they are. Like they're just like, "Oh, <laughs> move this mic stand out of the way. You don't need that." <laughs>
1: right, right. What's does like, pedal do? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> like we were at, uh, we played at Gros-, at Gros Rock in Belgium like a f- couple months ago. And at the end, like everyone, everyone came up on stage and there was, a, I was just like struggling to like protect my, you know, my pedal board because that costs money and right. thing, it's something I don't have. And this kid just like went up, like he walked right towards me and like pushed me out of the way. <laughs> and I just, gra- I just grabbed him and I, Threw him back into the crowd. I was like, um, you, know. you a <laughs> so, him? Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, is that a thing,
3: now? <laughs> I just made that a thing. That's
0: so. <laughs> good. <laughs> you lambed him? Yeah, luckily, I think, I'm pretty sure he survived. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just like, it's crazy. I'm, you know, going to, like, growing up, going to hardcore shows, like, and stage diving, like, I never, I would never, like, just walk a, like across someone's pedal board, or like just knock a mic stand out of the way, <laughs> just so I could do a good stage dive. Like, right, right. You know, you you have to be aware of your
1: surroundings, but some it's people respect exactly. Well, what's interesting about too, like hardcore and growing up is we had Steve Brodsky on. Oh, okay, and uh, we, I was talking about you know I did a five week thing at Berkeley and went to a lot of shows at the Middle East. As like, did I. Yes, I'm sure. I, <laughs> like I would go see like Napalm Death or In My Eyes or like Battery, whoever, and. They to this day are the most violent shows I've ever been to. Yeah. Like, literal, and I wasn't scared because when you're like 17, you're not scared of anything. Because you're from Cleveland. Yeah, and because I'm from Cleveland. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like every show, having to stop, didn't matter who was playing, stopping it like five times because just like full on fights. Yeah. What was that sort of, I mean, did you, was that scary kind of, or was it, because it, it feels like it kind of becomes normal. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, I mean, there were, when you first start going, when I first started going to shows in Boston, like going to see a band like Blood for Blood, it was just like it's it's like going. Like they have, I think they have a T-shirt that says, "I went to
1: a fight and a Blood for Blood show." Dude, they broke have out. Uh, <laughs> my favorite blood, and that's for blood for Blood. What it was? Blood right? for Blood lyric is, "I'll piss all over your hopes and dreams." <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, not a ha- you know not a happy following to for that band. They're big Tony Robbins fans those guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. very positive. But I mean, I I love that band. I yeah. I love that band and like They're a good band. They uh those shows they were fun, but they were just like vi- like very violent and uh yeah, it was you, as long as you were aware of like what was going on. It was honestly the safest place to be was like in the middle of the mosh pit because mm-hmm. For some reason in Boston, like, the, the uh, people like to attack the crowd, like, run back and forth, jump up, punch nondescriptly at anyone, just kind of. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you just have to be aware of your surroundings. And like I was in many shows survive. in
3: D.C. where you stand in the middle, and I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, not scratching my head, <laughs> just keeping my elbow up because that way no one's gonna come near me yeah just protecting myself (laughs) unless they
0: go for a body shot then i'm fucked (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was uh you know it kept you on your toes which it's good you can learn a lot from that
1: (laughs) yes yeah that is true
0: (laughs) and then is that trend did that translate into how you acted in a band with seeing that uh no not i mean i i think like you know playing in hardcore bands and and punk bands like you just kind of you approach it in a way where it's like yeah you bring like a certain energy to to playing like you you know you can't just when i see bands and like they're just standing still and i i I can't really relate to it i just i don't really get it because that's just i mean it it was just a natural thing when i started playing in bands like oh i want to like move around and you know this is fun and exhilarating so Mm -hmm. you tend to move around but yeah i think like growing up and like seeing seeing those bands like it does not in the the violence way but in the energy way it definitely rubbed off on me and then you have to be
1: able to play if you're gonna move around that much that's the hardest yeah. part
0: yeah yeah i mean that that's secondary i guess
1: <laughs> well you know it's interesting too is like you're like a mellow dude obviously but um hope conspiracy is also like blood for blood such an angry band yeah. <laughs> like this song like so many pigs so few bullets <laughs> like it, what's is that just that's for the farm industry right that's pork yeah, yeah. barrel product is a lot yeah. of that Kevin or is that is that like a cathartic thing for you too I mean what's what's that like because I feel like it's the same with me like when people will hear you on or something they're like really <laughs> like do you play like they, they think I've been would be in some jam band or something I'm like no 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 <laughs> what would make them think that yeah what and what a bummer what like a <laughs> shitty misconception to have. No one's ever said that to me. I don't know why. I just like am feeling very self-deprecating today. Uh because you yeah, didn't go to yoga. I know. It really threw me off. I didn't go to yoga and uh 'cause that's a low blow. If someone says, What are you in a jam band? Like I would probably
3: just it'd I'd be it'd be done.
1: Yeah, it is kind well, of offensive. Well yeah, and so. the, the bummer is that I just said that to myself. Yeah, <laughs> so like, that's how you think. Try to figure out where you're
3: coming
0: from.
1: I'm just like, p- want to fight myself. You're
0: having a crisis right now.
1: Yeah, I am having a crisis right now. Uh, Jim, please say something. <laughs> this inner dialogue <laughs> is, is it's killing it's you. killing me. Um, I don't know what the question well, was. how <laughs> conspiracy? Where your lyrics come from? Oh,
0: I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, lyric lyrically, it's all it's all Kevin, who's you know, you see him. He's a He's an intense dude, but he's like one of, you know, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. But on stage, he's just like, he's, he's an angry, he looks like an angry gorilla lumberjack. And, uh, but it's, yeah, he's a nice dude. I think it it is definitely a cathartic thing. Like, you know, the, the world can be a a shitty place and sometimes you just need to exercise that in a, in a positive
1: way. Yes. You should know that Kevin now plays in a band called All Pigs Must Die. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, who, Al- also way. a
0: very happy band, yeah,
1: super happy. I <laughs> listened to the new record last night, oh really, and
0: it's awesome. it sounds did... like
1: integrity, yeah, yeah, I, which I haven't heard it yet, but I'm
0: sure it's really good, yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> has... Um, has Frank ever tattooed you?
0: uh yes, actually he I have a spider web on my shoulder that he did, and he's gonna him and he is he's married to a tattooer as well, so i'm I need to get get something from both of them i want them to do something at the same time some sort of collaborative tattoo
1: oh yeah and
0: they're into the idea so that's
1: awesome (laughs) have you ever tattooed anyone or been interested in that
0: uh i've i have uh done like little pen like pen ink uh needle tattoos like prison tattoos on my friend
1: was it in prison
0: (gasps) no it was it it was at our house in boston (laughs) We just decided that was a good idea one night. With, like, know. the India ink kind of thing? Like the It was just, it, we just did pen ink.
3: Oh, okay, so yeah. that's safe. Yeah, <laughs>
0: totally. I mean, we, like, had a lighter, and we sterilized the... the sure, because that so. sterilizes the liquid that goes into your skin. <laughs> exactly. You're all scientists, yeah, right? That's fine. Well done. <laughs> I mean, this was, you know, uh, I think I was 20 when... When that happens, because so. you know in hospitals that's how they sterilize everything. Fire! That's why there's <laughs> yeah, no disease. You just see pens. people with like you see doctors like blow torches just like burning. What
1: are you scambles? doing? Ingrown toenail. <laughs> I think this is clean. Uh, I don't know. It is it gl- is it glowing yet? Yeah, yeah
0: that'll be fine. It's sterile.
1: So fine. you guys tattooed each other? Or I you I just, didn't get anything. you didn't get anything. But
0: yeah, I I did a a few a few pokes of a of a tattoo. It was <laughs> it was good fun time (laughs) (laughs) needless to say there was alcohol involved yes yes it was all right
3: so so hope conspiracy is just nothing but you're still together
0: still together um we've tried to do few things here and there like they've uh the guys that live in california they've gotten together and like done a little bit of writing and we want to do something but it just the time hasn't been right so we'll at some point we'll we'll play a show. Had
3: you always lived far apart or was there
0: a moment where you're all in the same zip uh, code? Everyone was was in Boston at at one point, um, besides the the other guitarist, uh Naraj, he was like back in he had moved back to Chicago and Yeah, I mean it's gone through like when I first joined the band, I was the only guitar player. Then Naraj came back and started playing in the band again uh yeah it's it's usually there's i don't yeah i don't think everyone now that i think of it i don't think everyone's lived in the same place all at one time that's just like asking for issues yeah when when can you practice well when does the train get in yeah exactly well uh, jared the drummer he he was like living in philly or jersey like pretty much that whole time when i started when i started playing in the band so he was like he basically lived on our couch like for whole summers. A drummer on a couch? That's weird. Yeah, to me. I know. It's crazy. He seem that seems to be like his thing. He loves it though. He, I don't really? know how I don't know how he he's just always like floating around to and trap like right now he's he's on tour with Boy Sets Fire, like playing drums for them.
1: Really? Yeah, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. And uh yeah, he's just you know, he's a good like fill in fill in member. Is reliable. Some people, that's like their whole career. Yeah, you know,
3: there's, there's like... a
2: lot of drummers like that. It seems like drummers more than others, but maybe because it's easier for a drummer to. Drummers are more desirable. Yeah, yeah. I
3: mean, you're. All, I,
1: what, I've known a
2: few guys like that that are just they and they don't care who they play with either. That's the other thing. Yeah, they just want to be on yeah. the road. Yeah. It just
1: seems like I don't. I don't play drums, so I might be. Talking a term, but it seems like drum parts are probably easier to figure out, maybe than guitar parts because oh, yeah. of tunings and effect. Like drums, you're like, well, if, okay, they kick them in. As a doing shitty this.
3: drummer, I'll say yeah. Because <laughs> even when I hear something that sounds crappy, I can go, oh shit, that's really hard what he's doing, um, given five or ten years. But if I hear guitar stuff, my head just goes to, <laughs> how do they know what key that is, what right. the tuning is, what pedal they use? Like, how do you, like, if you're gonna join a band as a guitar player, I. Can't even imagine. Like okay, you need to make this sound like the other guy. So whatever you do, <laughs> tweak it to this. <laughs> yeah. Please. Yeah. I. I. I it, it mystifies me. Yeah. The,
2: the thing. You know what it is with drummers. If you. If a drummer listens, it's. It, it's amazing. We when the first time we ever played in the Goops with its drummer who was the ended up being our drummer. We had one rehearsal and I realized like he was anticipating. It's like it's no. It was rock and roll. It's like. Okay, so 16 bars or eight bars have gone by. There's probably going to be a change. I'll do a roll. First time he'd never even heard the songs. And sure enough, he was like anticipating going into choruses. Just like most drummers are fucking cavemen and they don't fucking listen. So they they actually have to learn the song. Mm -hmm. But dude, arrangements are pretty much all the same. You know, it's like... Eight bars, sixteen bars—something's gonna happen, you know. Like unless you're like a wacky artsy band.
3: Yeah, I had a friend of mine who was in. We played in a band in high school. So listen,
2: okay? <laughs> listen, drummers. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to send this out there for a reason. Yeah.
3: <laughs> drummers, listen, and guitar players, don't play while you're talking to someone. Just, just stop doing it. It benefits no one, no one in the room. Because last time I talked to a singer, they weren't just humming or singing while we were having conversation. Put the pick down yeah. and shut
0: the fuck. Yeah, I'm, I'm i have to say i'm i'm guilty of that yeah I,
3: you play guitar
0: I'm, any fucking guitar yeah. player does it it's <laughs> jim, a, is, jim is playing guitar right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's super rude it's
3: your nice way of saying i don't care what you're saying yeah <laughs> i'm playing no, guitar i, which I, is I do
0: cooler. i do care <laughs> I, it just i just gotta play this lick man. Yeah.
1: Multitask. I <laughs> man what was the story with that picture you posted recently of you playing with the guitar behind your head was yeah. that just an impromptu thing? Yeah. I've never I've I don't think I can even lift my left spall over my head. I
0: don't it I've never done anything like that before and it just kinda like it just happened. And I was like, Oh cool. I'm I guess this is happening now. <laughs> and yeah, that was it. Nothing special.
1: <laughs> it must be the yoga man. Yeah. It's uh
0: it's uh yeah, it's helped out a little bit. Made me feel a little less
1: uh old. Has it helped with your bangovers?
0: Yeah. I think like, I think it just, yeah. It's added like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It it's definitely helped me. Like I don't I don't feel the pain like I did I used to. Like I'd I feel like on tour I'd wake up every morning and just kind of like have a new a new injury. And I think this is doing yoga has definitely helped that preventative measures. So. Yeah. Trying to get Jonah to do a
3: subsidiary podcast on our soon-to-be-created going-off-track network called Yoga, and it's yoga with Jonah. And I mean, talks either people and
1: listen, it's like, oh, Jonah's talking about yoga again. Who cares? But I think like <laughs> he, you have to counter our kid talk,
2: dude. No, yeah, I back true. it. Yeah,
1: yeah. If we go off on it's we, your
2: only defense,
3: oh, oh, what your kid did is so cute. Check out this post.
0: <laughs> Jonah's on his head again. I feel like that's a that's another thing. Like some yogis just kind of, they tend to like do yoga while they're talking to you. They're oh, like yeah. putting their leg up and <laughs> yeah, like, uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's Class
3: same, is over. Yeah. Just sit down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just relax for a minute.
1: <laughs> so you're not going to eat and do yoga or eat and play guitar. Like be
3: a person. Sorry.
1: Did, did like well let's explore this i mean did something happen to you like what? it seems like this seems like a really with yoga this, or the no. guitar <laughs> thing were you, t- were you trying to have a really important conversation with someone who's playing guitar this seems like a real like a raw every ridiculous you. band i've ever
3: been in <laughs> like whenever you're talking to the guitar player i'm like just, just stop it put it down well,
1: it's
2: during, you're talking about i know when you're talking about it's not like when you're over at somebody's house and they're like sitting on the couch it's during rehearsal yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and That's so I about.
3: I countered by as everybody stop doing it back. <laughs> so anyway, so I have this burrito. Oh, I'm sorry, you can't fucking hear me. Is this annoying. But it's stop like,
1: it. I will say that like you don't you so rarely get to plug into an amp and play. Like once you have it there, it's so hard not to do it. What do you mean rarely? Don't you have an amp at home? No. Well, my <laughs> amp is in Singapore right now, which is a long story. But if anyone in Singapore wants to. <laughs> I'm trying. It may be coming back. Let me talk about this at the first podcast (laughs) we ever did. My amp accident. I I don't know if I talked (laughs) about this on the podcast, (laughs) but uh, it's a pretty good story. Uh, I had an orange 212 combo in a road (laughs) case that I got a super good deal on through a friend who had an endorsement. Because
2: it was in Singapore.
1: (laughs) No, this was in Cleveland. This was like seven years ago. So I moved here, and it was not loud enough to use with Ben because Ben plays so hard. that Cranked to 10 212 combo wouldn't work so my old roommate has storage space I put it in there oh you used it for some you played those solo shows with it yeah yeah and uh Jim was like oh man I'd love to buy this I absolutely should have sold it to you I was like no hold on to it I'll need it at some point anyways I go to this wedding uh my friend Dan you know mm-hmm. congratulations Dan and uh Dan's like, yeah, I got my stuff shipped out here. I'm so excited. I got it moved out of space. So I was like, oh, cool. I was like, yeah, I should uh, let me know. I'll just go pick up my amp. And he was like, what do you mean? And he was like, <laughs> I was like, my amp's in the space. He's like, I don't think so, man. I was like, I know. I'm sure it's there. And who moved it? And he's like, I just like our other friend like let these movers in and they just wheeled everything out. Oh. So then I got an email. It's like took like it was on a boat. It took like a month to get out there. And he was like, yep, I got it. And then I talked to some friends who guitar techs, and they're like yeah man it's like different voltage there like so i'm trying to see if i can sell to a backline company or we have some friends who who are, are roadies who their tours going through singapore and might be able to get it shipped back eventually but the amount of money it's cost to ship is how much the amp was probably yeah, yeah. i mean luckily it was shipped with a bunch of stuff but uh it's not like it, someone just paid for that but yeah it's uh it's a little bit of a bummer, but it's also a funny story. I'm sure it will work out. And I don't really—I mean, like I hadn't used it in years, so it's not like I my used it. my amp's in Singapore. But it's pretty funny. Like I do have an amp; it's in Asia. <laughs> and at uh, least you know it's safe. So then, for yeah. you, it is a big deal to plug
3: into an amp and play. Yes, so you—that is what I'm saying. And play no. anytime That's what I'm you saying. want. I have to
1: go halfway around the world to plug into an amp. <laughs> I don't have to. I mean, I
2: can't you Skype.
1: <laughs> what if i started doing that if i was like stan can you put on my amp i want to look at it <laughs> that would be weird that would be weird that would be weirder would than typical you know just going yeah
3: that makes sense you want to see your gear right <laughs> <laughs> we have tubes yeah, so the tubes was. warm i didn't think it was weird warm tubes shut the fuck up <laughs> sorry typical drummers always get shit on so whenever I, the other thing that annoyed me is that if i was playing a gig i would be set up Full kit, everything ready, and the guitar player would still be dicking around. I'm like, what? I
0: see. I feel like that's usually how, you know, drummers are usually the ones that are always just kind of because they can't like play whenever they want. Like right. they're always yeah, just that's like true. like drumming on, yeah. So when they get behind... Good counter-argument, Jim. Yeah,
3: you mm-hmm. know, I, yeah,
0: I try. Mm-hmm. Well played.
2: <laughs> Don't defend them.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> drummers are scurvy.
2: I established MAD years ago, musicians abused by drummers. <laughs> I'm still an active member. <laughs> um,
1: so do you have any other musical projects going on, or Pure Love is kind of your thing right yeah,
0: now? Yeah, that's it. It's taking up all the uh all the time I can possibly put into it which is good i've i feel like i spent a few years where i was always kind of had multiple things going at once and it's nice to just focus on one thing keeps it keeps and i've solid. interviewed i've interviewed Frank a couple of times he seems just yeah. super cool yeah he's awesome he's just great it's a it was it was a a good partnership to be had we you know i think we uh we definitely complement each other well so like, my mellowness counteracts his, like, hyperactivity sometimes. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's good. He's what, a, a nice dude.
1: What was it like for him to cut your throat in that music <laughs> video? It was... Uh,
0: it, I was actually a little nervous because it was... He used a... It was an actual straight razor. Okay. But it was... Uh, <laughs> it, it had a piece of, like, electrical tape on it. Like, silver electrical tape. So, that was that was
3: that
1: what it was... wouldn't cut through this is like your sterilization <laughs> thing like i'm gonna yeah. put some electrical tape on this razor and then <laughs> pretend to cut my throat Gee,
3: was, why'd uh... this label go under i don't know just oversight in so many arenas
2: <laughs> video produced by beavis and butthead yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah it was a little uh you know how much is the prop house razor oh five grand what here's an here's an idea just go with me for a second we're going to take duct tape. We'll, we'll Okay, we'll buy five bucks. We'll get the silver duct tape from Home Depot. We'll put
0: on a real razor. You cool with that? What?
1: <laughs> How many takes was it? It
0: was one because he had to push me into a pool right after. So oh,
1: Right,
0: and the blood had to. Well, I, no, the blood was added after, but I was going to be soaking wet, so gotcha. I had to be dry when he cut my throat.
1: I would imagine so. your hair takes a while to dry. It does. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Have you always been the long-haired dude in the
3: band?
1: I haven't.
0: Uh, I've, I think I've had, I've had long hair since, like, 2006. So, you yeah, know, long
1: enough. Yeah. It's, I feel like few people can pull that off, and you definitely yes. can. It's yeah. impressive. Thank you,
3: thank you. Especially in the quote-unquote punk scene, yeah, because you, know? you have yeah. actual long hair and not just a swoop to cover something. Yeah, you know? blocking one eye. <laughs>
1: Slipping. Can you please do that sometime? What? Like this whole thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's up, guys? Comb, hey, comb
0: all of your hair to one side. <laughs> I, I read something that, like, kids were developing, like, some sort of sight issue. Like that, like, emo look of, like, swooped hair. They were developing... Cause they had one eye? Because they were, like, covering one eye all the time, so they were, like their, like, eyes were getting fucked up.
2: Oh, yeah, the muscles no wouldn't be way. worked Yeah, dude. That would yeah. totally make like, it's
0: like wearing an eye patch, eye patch. Yeah, because time.
2: people wear eye patches for physical reasons. To, yeah. To, like, either relax or to work the muscles. Yeah. So it would totally work in the eye like that. I was always,
3: whenever I would have my hair, like, even, like, that short, just covering the, the forehead,
0: I just always uh. sweat so bad. Yeah. Couldn't stand it. Yeah, I remember when I had, like, shorter, like, shaggier hair. It was just, like... If it would get near my eye, I'd be like flipping my hair all the time. It 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 definitely looked obnoxious. The, the but it dreaded was like, it was the so dreaded long
3: haired dude in between stage where it's like yeah. I'm wearing a baseball hat again. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like I was referring to it as like the uh, the Prince Valiant hair hair stage where it like just looked kind of not quite long, not quite short, just awkward awkward Prince hair. Yeah, dude.
2: I had a, I went. I had a dreadlock stage for no. You week. fucking did not. <laughs> I mean, not a photos immediately. Not a dreadlock. I mean, a fucking like last, last devil last lock. A devil lock stage. Oh, that's, like a rockabilly style devil lock. Oh, that's, 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 that's literally dreadful. touched my chin.
3: Oh, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, I like that.
2: <laughs> dreadlock, <laughs>
3: dreadlock, that, dreadlock. Like devil lock. <laughs> Dreadlocks, jam bands. What else this. is going on in <laughs> there?
1: I what? got my hair cut once, and the one was like I hadn't got it cut in over a year, and it was huge. And the one was like, you have a dreadlock. Do you want me to take it out? It's not. But if you don't do something, it's like, it was like starting to like stick together and stuff. And I was like, please take it out. And I believe there may be an animal inside of it. And uh, what what every hairdresser wants to hear, hey, I'm walking off the street. I haven't had a haircut in a year (laughs) (laughs) and I have dreads I don't know about. Like here's 20 bucks.
3: You've you just find? made my day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Do we get
3: everything? We got tentacle porn. We got dead hookers and ponds. Jim's hair. Jim's
0: hair. Uh-huh. The um. band. Pure love. Whatever. <laughs> like the,
2: should we talk about homophobia or anything? Just to get it out of the way. No. We yeah. Sprinkle
0: some racism in there. He mentioned yeah, Boston.
2: Boom. Oh, there goes the there Lister shit yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah that does cover those too. <laughs>
3: I'm sorry, Boston, I love you. Please don't no,
1: hurt me. All right.
2: no, I grew up in Western Mass, I don't love you. So
1: <laughs> check out Pure Love, um, hopefully in the United States. Yeah, Hope, July July. Conspiracy. July twenty eighth. <laughs> uh yeah, HopeCon, check out all their records. All Jim's bands are great. So Thank you. And all their
3: names are good. Damn it. Yeah. All of you wondering why your band name is stupid is because Jim Carroll took it hell, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll take it, yeah, I believe that one just ended with lots of laughter,
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: most of our podcasts you know,' there's just some giggling involved, but that just such a smiley guy, it just erupted into joy even more so,
1: yeah, jim, Jim has an infectious energy i
3: could see why frank would want to be in a band with him you know
1: yeah jim's a good dude to be in a band with because he learns stuff really fast and he's really good although i will say like we talked about like being on a tiny stage with that dude with lots of hair and lots of guitar headstock swinging around <laughs> it can be sort of terrifying <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been clocked uh i honestly don't think i have i don't think i
3: have brad you've been hit by headstock jumping around uh, yeah. Either your own or I've been hit by a bass head. head. By stuck. a bass head, Jesus.
2: You yeah. don't notice. You don't care. Dude, you know, when you're up there, adrenaline's high. Nothing matters.
1: <laughs> it's true. I mean, there's, you don't feel those things. I played at Lit once and tripped, and they had like a side door next to the stage that went outside or something, and I tripped and fell out the door. <laughs> <laughs> So that was like getting hit with a head stacked except way more embarrassing and less cool sound. Not as
2: not as embarrassing as the lights are down, this is House of Blues. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny cl- counts off the first song, one, two, three, lights go up, I leap into the air with my classic fucking high flying kick and my cord is caught under the drum riser and just rips. My entire fucking chord and guitar apart so that I come down and am playing nothing. So it's <laughs> bass and drums. And then it took like five minutes to fix because the fucking guitar was broken, basically. I don't think I had a backup. Did it rip? I in must have half- had a backup, I guess. Did it rip in a half? It like ripped the, I think it ripped the jack actually out of the guitar or something. It was more than just the cable.
3: See, the difference between that and being a drummer is that when you're a drummer, most of the injuries you do to yourself.
1: Yeah.
2: Because
3: you're hitting yourself in the face, you're clipping your knuckles, or you're just cutting your forearms on cymbals. Yeah. So
1: so all of this is an example of stuff I'm sure Jim Carroll has never done. (laughs) Jim always looks cool. Like, he posted a photo on Instagram of him playing guitar behind his head. It looked cool. Like, I was like, dude, like... I know I would end up like dropping it or like getting it stuck stuck around my neck and strangling myself. If you're like, playing it with your teeth, there's a sure sign that it would go in between your teeth. Yeah, you yeah, do yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I would swallow a string or something.
2: <laughs> you guys all clipped your with all this hair. You must have clipped your strings because I hate loose strings, man.
1: On a yeah. stock. yeah, loose strings. That that, yeah, kills I cut them right away. I've got. I've definitely got my hair caught on stuff when we're playing, for sure. I remember being in band practice in high school
3: and I hit my. Uh, my front two teeth are veneers. They do not exist. And I was going on this date with this chick who was going to be like my – she ended up being my senior girlfriend. And uh, it was our first date, and I just swung the stick up, hit the tooth so perfectly that it just shattered the veneer in half. Oh, yeah. And I didn't feel it because, you know, it's not real. But, like, I, now I had half a face. <laughs> and I just remember going, "Bam! practice is over. And I just, like, put the sticks down and ran out. You know, it's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> i was like what the fuck is wrong with you oh oh that woman
1: wow this is a really self-deprecating
3: we had it's, <laughs> it wasn't self-deprecating enough to have handsome jim carroll here but oh man and his band pure love pure it's love good stuff check
1: them out uh yeah check them out look for new music check out their music videos they're awesome
3: and check us out on facebook and goingofftrack.com on twitter uh if you are so inclined you may donate to our cause to our pod cause If you like what you're hearing. If not, that's cool, too. We do this anyway. We do it if we weren't recording.
1: (laughs) No, we we would. I don't think anyone else would
3: come, though. That's true, yeah. What are you guys doing? We're just hanging out. Okay, I'll be there.
1: You want to (laughs) talk to three idiots for an hour? Sure.
3: Uh, That's the title of our podcast network, Three Idiots for an Hour. (laughs) Coming soon on the interwebs. All right, see you next week.